We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 3.08 on a cloudy Saturday. We had some much-needed rain fall all over the area, and a lot of lawns are struggling uh, because it's just been hot and dry, and in general, uh, the turf grass in this part of the world just doesn't like that sort of stuff. And now what? And we've certainly brought in an expert to help us with the now what part, and that is Maggie Ryder, Turf Grass Science, University of Minnesota Extension. Maggie, how you been? Hey, Steve, really good. Enjoying the, the rain today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, a cooler day, a cloudy day, and a, and a rainy day in the turf has to be happy. First of all, I know uh, a couple of weeks back you were uh, volunteering out at the TPC of the Twin Cities in the 3M Open. Tell us about that job and your role at the tournament that week. Oh, that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. So for major golf tournaments like that, they'll bring in a, a bunch of volunteers to help with the, the turf maintenance or the, the grounds or agronomy teams. Um, so I got to be a part of that. We set up the golf course every morning, you know, get up at 3.30, uh, work in the dark, and then they play golf all day. And then we can go back in the evening and, and uh, kind of recover or, or set up things for the evening time. Um, the golf course is in mint condition, so uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun to be out there. Yeah, I, I'm sure. And they have a, a, a lot of water out there and a, availability of water. Uh, and I'm sure to get the course ready and to keep it in shape, uh, managing the water is a big deal because on a golf course, you don't want to put too much down, make the golf course too soft, but nevertheless, you need yeah. to keep the turf alive. So there is a balancing act. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's kind of beneficial to have this dryness and, and available irrigation on a golf course because you, you can have a lot more control over the playing conditions when you're, you're controlling exactly how much water is being applied. Well, it had to be fun to be a part of that. Most homeowners haven't been able to water enough, and you don't have right. to drive through uh, a neighborhood too long to see lawns that are fried uh, here. Now, now this rain will help, but uh, there, there's been a lot of damage done, hasn't there, Maggie? Yeah, um, like you said, this rain is this is a really nice boost. But just you know, just a few minutes ago, there was a quote from the state climatologist that said, you know, it took us two and a half months to get into this drought. It's going to take us you know months to to get out of it or recover so this is a nice boost but we need consistent rain um the big questions that i get are just you know is my lawn dead and i see a lot of variation across the landscape um it, it's going to be pretty difficult to tell until some of these lawns or some of these areas fully rehydrate and, and stay consistently hydrated um but you know we're on we're on the edge of the envelope for some what some grasses can tolerate uh in general i would say 
bonds that are healthy, you know, mature and well-established, um, many of those are able to hang on to this point. But if you have any lawn areas that were maybe a little bit weaker, uh, you know, the kind of boulevard areas along the roads or the sidewalks, they tend to get a little bit hotter and burn out faster um, or areas that get are more trafficked and have compacted soils. Those have not fared well. And I see a lot of dead spots in, in those types of settings. Yeah. And I I've seen in, in a lot of my neighbor's lawns, a lot of weeds start to take over. And as you pointed out, those really hot, dry areas along the curbs near the street, I, I've had a, a lot of weeds take over. And as we move into the middle of August and later August and then in really into prime turf conditions in September, what where, where do people start if they've had weeds take over or if they've got these big dry areas? What do you recommend going forward? Right. So two parts of that, kind of controlling the weeds and then repairing your turf, whether that, you know, be with more seed or, or sodding. And the opportunity in all this is, you know, the best time to best time to do these, you know, weed control and establishing new grass is right around the corner. So from about August 15th to September 15th, that is the optimum time of the year to be seeding um, turf grass. Uh, so the one, one issue, I guess, is that when, when the, it's very dry and the weeds, I mean, the weeds have kind of popped up, but they're not what I would call actively growing. And it's going to need moisture for the weeds to be actively growing. So any weed control that's applied to them may be marginally effective, again, until the weeds are actively growing. So, you know, hopefully we can continue to get moisture in the next couple of weeks. And that is connected to also, if we're going to be seeding grass, you know, in late August, that first week of September, um, consistent moisture is going to be required to, to get that seed to establish. And um, a lot of a lot of municipalities are having watering restrictions, you know, maybe one day per week watering or even less. And so our hands are kind of tied, right? And I, I guess we just keep hoping for, for rain in the forecast. Yeah, it looks like we may get a little more uh, later today, tonight, uh, potentially tomorrow. Uh, so, so there is a little more rain in the forecast. But we, say you've got an area and, and it's dried out and, and weeds are in there. Um, when, when does it get to the point? I know this is a judgment call, but I've seen people even come in and, and potentially till that up, rake it out, start over, bring in new topsoil. I mean, when when do you get to the point where this needs a total renovation, where we, we've got to start from scratch and, and, and really take this right down to the soil and, and begin again? Yeah. yeah, that is a really good question. Um, you know, if you have a few dandelions, those are probably easy to control and maybe patch small areas. But if your lawn is 80% creeping Charlie or 100% crabgrass, you know, I see a lot of that. You're going to need to do that, what you're describing, that complete renovation. Kind of try to kill all the weeds um, and establish from, from bare soil. Uh, so I usually say if the lawn is 50, 60% more weeds, that's when you should consider completely um, renovating because it's going to be difficult to get your grass to fill in um, if you kill you know, 50% of your lawn. And what is the best way to renovate it? Is it like a light till and rake and then and then bring in some new soil? And then obviously sod's ideal, but sometimes, you know, sod's not cheap. And, and, and seed, do, do you recommend that till and rake to, to really get that stuff out of there? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think there's – I don't have a 
one straightforward protocol that I tell everybody. I say there's a lot of different approaches that will work. Um, So there is some flexibility in your approach. What you want to do is get the seed or the sod um, contact with bare soil, right? So you want to either remove some of the vegetation that's there. It could be light raking. It could just be mowing really short. Um, If you have compacted soil, that's when it would be beneficial to try to disrupt the soil in the first, like, you know, two to four inches, maybe with some tillage or um, some devices like power ranks or vertical mowers. Um, so there's a, there's a few different approaches that will work. And then between seed and sod, too, seed is a, is much cheaper, and it's a little bit easier to handle. It's less perishable, and there's there's more options for seed that's on the retail shelves, whereas sod is going to be more expensive and a little bit more labor, um, but you have establishment much quicker, right? You're, just, you're unrolling um, a lawn, basically. Yeah, and, and the challenge with sod, I, my, my timing was terrible. We, we put in a new sidewalk around the house, and we, we did that in the late fall. So there was no way to get seed or sod started, so it had to wait till spring. Well, by the time I got around to it and got all the other things I needed to do, um, I put sod down right when it started to get really, really hot and really, really dry. And, and to just yeah. keep that sod going, I was dumping a lot of water down. So that is a challenge. You know, seed you need to keep wet. Sod you need to keep right. really wet to get it established. Isn't that about right? Yeah, that's true. So with, when you're seeding, we usually say light and frequent water. You know, maybe two to three times a day for the first couple of weeks. And with sodding, you really want to soak it um, to get to get those roots to go, you know, go down through the sod into your soil below. But I've seen a lot. A lot of the spring sodding that took place has has not done well, like you're describing. Um, so people that people that maybe have done some spring sodding under know that you're. Um, I I don't know. I mean, know that that it hasn't gone well for anybody as far as I can tell. Yeah, for sure. Maggie Rady joining us from the U. By the way, our text line is open, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. We're going to talk turf until the bottom of the hour today because th- this rain is welcome, certainly not enough to break the drought, certainly not enough to get uh, lawns going in the right direction, but it is a start, and we're moving into prime time to get your lawn in shape. Here's a good one from our text line. What type of grass seed should be used in the Twin Cities area? Yeah, that, this is a great question. I'm glad that, that we can talk about this. So again, with you know, we've had a, we have a lot of dead lawns, but the opportunity is we can plant we can plant grasses that are a little bit better adapted to drought, or will stay greener for longer in drought conditions. So most lawns, over 75 percent of lawns in the Twin Cities are Kentucky bluegrass. Um, Kentucky bluegrass is can be drought tolerant, but it will go. It will go into a dormancy state very quickly, you know, within like maybe five to seven days, it will start to turn brown. Um, and so if we're choosing, you know, if you have a Kentucky bluegrass lawn or I guess whatever lawn you have, you're choosing, you know, what can I establish this in the next couple of weeks here um, and seed? Um, a good choice is fescues. So fine fescues and tall fescues. There are more kind of lower input sustainable grass, and they also stay greener for longer in drought conditions. I mean, they can stay... Um, green for up to four weeks in some different drought trials that we have done uh, wow. you know, on the, on the St. Paul campus. Yeah. So look for fescues like the fine fescues and, and tall fescues. And are those readily available at, at garden centers and big box stores here in town? They are, I mean, more than in the past, but, you know, they're not, they should be in every product, but they are not. Uh, so it does take a little bit of, like hunting and kind of carefully looking at the, the labels on the 
on the bags of seeds. Most bags will be having a lot of perennial ryegrass in them, and perennial ryegrass is not a drought-tolerant grass at all. Um, the the reason it's in all these seeding mixes is because it germinates very quickly and it will provide like a green cover very quickly. But if once we hit a drought like we we're, like we're in now, um, that will fail. So you have to look at the labels and try to select try to select mixes that have a majority of these fescues in them and less than twenty percent perennial ryegrass in them. All right. So uh, uh, avoid the ryegrass. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about a couple other things to think about uh, th- this fall as you try it, this late summer and into the fall as you try to get that lawn rehabilitated. Oh, one of those is coriation and, and overseeding. We'll get Maggie's thoughts on that coming up in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. 322 on a Saturday. We had some rain move through. We continue with Maggie Ryder, uh, Turf Grass Science, University of Minnesota Extension. And we did get some rain, but it has been a tough summer for our lawns. That's for sure. The parks, etc. And how do you get it to bounce back? That is a gigantic question. Maggie, uh, we, we've talked about this in the past. Are, are we moving into a good time of year to take out uh, those cores or do that core aeration? Yep, right. Like I said, right around the corner. So really, I mean, we say fall lawn care practices a lot, but in Minnesota, we have a short, short season. It's almost late summer, um, early fall. So from August 15th to September 15th is really the the optimum time to do all these lawn care practices. We often just say September, but try to put it in that early part of September. Um, So core airification, that's helpful. If you have compacted soils, um, you know, I don't, if, if you don't necessarily have compacted soils, I don't think it's it's necessary, um, but it, it's it's designed to alleviate compaction from from foot traffic or vehicles or pets or that kind of thing. Um, the other thing is like seeding and sodding, which we kind of talked about. Um, but even if you have a lawn that's that's uniform and has you know eighty percent turf grass coverage, I think it's always beneficial to to overseed um, every few years um, to one like either up kind of update or upgrade your lawn with the latest turf grass varieties that tend to be more disease resistant and drought tolerant. And then try to use some of these grass species, like um, the fine fescues I mentioned, Uh, try to integrate more of them into your lawn for for more like drought resilience and and kind of low input um, systems. Yeah, and is it one of those where you can get some guidance on this stuff at the use website? Is there there, uh, a resource there that people can look to? Yeah, we have two websites. So one, the Turfgrass Science or the Turfgrass Research website. That's turf.umn.edu. And in there we have a tab that says Lawn Info. Um, and, it, and it has details on, you know, where to buy grass seed and what varieties of grass to, to use. Um, and then it's also connected to our extension website. So that's extension.umn.edu. And that's more general yard and garden um, topics. But there's a tab in there about lawn care. Um, and it has, you know, how to seed and sod a lawn. And, of course, for many years, Denny Long and our Smart Garden show on Saturday morning with experts from the University of Minnesota Extension uh, take your calls. They, they, they talk uh, gardens and, and plants year-round, Saturday mornings between 8 and 9 here on CCO. Maggie, uh, good enough uh, to, to join us today. Um, this... Uh, has to do with uh, watering um, 
and and we did get some rain today. Some areas, my rain gauge had over an inch here in uh, the northern wow. suburbs of Hennepin County, so really got lucky here. It, it poured pretty yeah. good. Um, once again, it's been so dry. Going forward, what should people think about when it comes to watering? We've talked about this before. You see many irrigation systems going every day. Is it better to water a couple times a week really heavy? Yeah, Every single day is, is excessive, and that's not good for the health of the lawn either. Even every other day is, is, is quite frequent um, because what's going to happen is your grassroots are just going to be used to having water you know, every other day or every single day in the first inch of soil, and, and the roots are not going to go down deep. So, you know, I say if, if you haven't watered your lawn all year, um, water it, trying to water it now is not necessarily going to help. And, and look at some of these um, you know, seeding practices this fall to help recovery. But if you do irrigate regularly or have an irrigation system, you want to use a deep and infrequent approach that we call it. So watering one day per week, maybe two days per week if you have sandy soils that drain quickly. Um, but that, yeah, that's sort of the frequency we want because that's going to, that's going to drive your grassroots down deeper into the soil profile. And, and if, if you have, a sprinkler system or fortunate enough to have a sprinkler system run those zones longer more infrequently and and yeah. you, you, you can certainly get some guidance on that as well uh, here's a good one um during this you know some people probably haven't had to mow that much because their lawn hasn't been growing all that much yeah. but yeah. uh is it better to keep it longer and then what's what's too long when it comes to turf grass yeah, that's, so that's another benefit of all this, this dry weather is we've been able to get by mowing much less, maybe once every two weeks or three weeks, and, and that saves time and, and kind of the carbon footprint of, of mowing. Um, but the, the, we usually say the, the longer or the higher your mowing height, the better, um, because when you have higher grass uh, leaf blades you know, above the soil surface, that means you're going to have deeper roots below the soil surface. So I say up to four inches. Like I, you know, usually tell people to put their mower setting on the highest, the highest notch that it will go to, and that's usually about three and a half, maybe four inches. Right. Um, too long would be when the grass starts to sort of lay over, um, and I mean, it, you know, it can kind of lean a little bit. But if it's laying over in a way that's going to kind of smother the adjacent plants, um, and that'd be like, I mean, eight inch long grass. That would be sure. too long. So longer, longer the better. Uh, one one other one, and I think this is a good follow up. Uh, if you're going to start over or start a new lawn or or do repair, uh, sod versus seed over the long haul, what what fares better? Honestly, seed does um, because one of the issues with sod is the idea of like soil layering. So when you when you get sod, right, you get a roll of grass, and it, and it usually comes with a half of an inch or an inch of soil on it from the sod farm. If that soil, the texture of it is different from the soil texture in your yard, like sand versus clayey or like, you know, heavier versus um, lighter or more coarse, if those soils don't match well, it can affect water movement and um, water movement down to the roots or, or drainage. Um, so when, when we do sod projects, we, we advocate for doing some aerification in the next six months, you know, within that same season, um, or a couple times the following year to try to mix up um, those, that soil layering. On the other hand, with seed, you don't really have that 
you don't have that issue at all because you're just the seed is growing right away in the soil type that you have in, in your lawn. Well, um, if, if people decide to seed and uh, start to repair some of those areas that have damaged by the, the hot, dry summer, uh, do you recommend and is it recommended to put uh, some sort of cover over that to protect it from birds and other critters and help it get started? You, you see some of these mats at the big box yeah. stores, et cetera. Yeah. So the idea is, you know, like how, how to get the most out of your seeding mixtures is, yeah, you know, we've done some research to show that using using a mulch or a cover or um, sometimes compost with the seed that can help mostly it's about retaining moisture not so much as like preventing um birds but but holding moisture close to that oh sure um especially when we're in dry weather so i you know it is beneficial um but unless you're really good at if you're really good at on top of the watering like i said two times a day three times a day for the first couple weeks um then it doesn't make that big of a difference um but i always i always suggest it as again it gives you a little bit more flexibility or more resilience it's going to keep that water close to your to your new seed all right maggie we're flat out of time we've got an update on the weather and then much more on a saturday always good to visit with you what are those websites again how do people find out and get some advice uh, from the folks at the u yep the extension one is extension.umn.edu and you want to click on the yard and garden tab and then the second one is the turf grass science website it's turf.umn.edu edu and you want to click on the lawn info tab there all right always good to visit with you maggie thanks yep see ya all right maggie Ryder from the u joining us talking turf grass uh, the rain has helped uh and, and a lot of good tips i, I got some weeds especially out by the street it, it's really getting ugly i've tried i mean it, it I, i'd be out there all day tomorrow uh, trying to pick weeds the way they've uh, come into the void during this hot, dry weather. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Baseball is back and so is MLB.tv Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long Follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.